0: It's like a game show theme song, I like it, I like it. How you guys doing, good afternoon, you guys doing all right? Good, good to see you. I get the honor or the short straw to follow up the cute babies. So that's just how it is. But hey, um, you know, normally I like to come up, if you're familiar with me, I'm Brandon, one of the pastors here, I like to kick off with a story to make you laugh and stuff like that, and I'll get there. Um, but for a moment, and there's no easy way to transition into this or out of this, um, I think we just need to pause really quick and just pray uh, for the situation in Paris uh, that happened yesterday. And, you know, I, seeing Facebook and all this stuff, it's it's so easy to point fingers and put blame and, and, and just look for reasoning. But here's what I know. This was senseless. It was uh, horrible to see. And lives were taken that didn't need to be. And uh, it's tough to move on. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm mourning uh, for the situation over there. And I just think right now, uh, the best thing we can do is pray, and for the for the families of the victims and the situation, and for safety moving forward. So, will you pray with me, God? I just, um, God, I pray for the situation going on in Paris, Lord. And just, I uh, got it grieves my heart. I know it grieves yours even more. I got to pray for the uh, victims' families as they look for meaning and, and, and sense of all this where there's probably none to be found. I pray for uh, somehow healing to take place there. I pray for uh, forgiveness somehow to take place. I pray for safety moving forward. As I, we probably can guess there'll be more attacks or attempts at it. I pray for safety there. Uh, I pray if there's any way we can meet a need to help in this situation, that you stir our hearts to do so. God, I pray somehow, through all this reconciliation takes place, and that through all this we remember that God, you still love us and you love everybody involved here, um, and there is hope found only through Jesus. Uh, we love you, and name we pray. Amen. Uh, thanks for just taking that moment with me. Um, it, uh, so we're we're in this series called Words, and we're looking at how words have a profound impact on our lives and the relationships around us. Words have the ability to tear somebody or build somebody up or tear somebody down. We heard the saying growing up: "Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me." That is a lie. I think we all could admit that it's not true. Words can hurt. But also words can help, they can heal. Words can help people understand who God is or paint a false picture of him. Words are powerful and they come out of our mouths. They're some of the greatest greatest responsibility that we ever have. It's the things that we say. And this is because what we say comes from our hearts. Our words are a reflection of what's inside of us, what's deep inside of us. And last week, Steve Larson was here. And he talked about the word no. And no is a very vital word for our vocabulary, isn't it? We need to use no a lot. Like, Mom and Dad, can I have some ice cream before dinner? No. So you're getting this. Or, hey, honey, is it cool if I buy that $30,000 boat? Hey, Dad, can I get a Jay Cutler jersey for Christmas? <laughs> I'm not even a Packer fan. I know that one. No, see, you guys got that one. No, 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 no. It's, it's it's you guys are doing a good job with that. So that was last week, and if you missed it, I highly recommend check out our app or our website to listen to the message by Steve. But today we are going to move on to this phrase of "I understand." The ability to say, I understand, can be one of the most powerful tools that we have in this life. But the problem is we don't do a very good job of understanding others. And I can attest to that, that me and my brothers were awful at understanding our mother. You see, here's the situation, we liked, me and my brothers, we would act before we understood what was going on with my mom's uh, psyche today. She was stressed or frustrated, we would just do whatever and it usually led us to get us into a bunch of trouble and Chad, my middle brother, was the worst because I was the oldest, the best looking, the smartest. My, my parents actually had two more kids to try to replicate me, this doesn't work, I'm just kidding. But seriously, um, but, so I learned pretty quickly in life that uh, I knew what to say, when to say, I knew what to say to get out of trouble. And seriously, I was a magician. I'd be grounded in the morning and out of it by lunchtime. I just was good at that. Austin, the baby of the family, he got away with everything though. That kid could have kicked our puppy and nothing would have happened to him. He's a punk because he's the baby of the family. But Chad, the typical middle child, he was the hothead. He was the one who didn't know when to shut his mouth. He was the one who knew how to push my mom's buttons perfectly to the point where she would just get so mad that eventually we disobeyed so much that we would get a spanking. And that's right, I grew up in a household where we got whoopings for disobeying our parents. And I've survived to tell you that it did not hinder my personality growth, okay? I, have, I learned how to speak wiser Think smarter and run faster because of growing up in that household, okay? Um, but Chad just didn't get it sometimes. You see, Chad, he struggled to understand that our mom just wanted respect. An honor in our household, and she deserved it. She, my mom, she, she left home when she was 16 years old. She's been running a daycare business for three decades. I've been a parent for three years and I'm exhausted. She spends her all days with kids for three decades now. She's awesome, she deserves honor and respect, but Chad didn't always give it to her. And I remember there was this one time, this one situation where Chad was bad-mouthing my mom, he was talking back to her in the other room, and I was watching TV in the other room, and I just muted the TV because that situation was way more entertaining than the TV right now. And so I hear this situation going on and he said something just just not good. And I knew he comes to spank him. And Chad was at this age, and you parents, if you guys have been spanked or you spank your kids, you know there's an age where they're almost too big to be spanked, but you're not sure if they're there yet. Chad was there. And so she goes to give Chad the spanking and, and, and Chad should have just taken his punishment and walked away. But my mom gives Chad his whooping, and Chad turns to her, and I hear this. He goes, that didn't hurt. <laughs> I'm in the other room thinking, what are you doing, man? That's the dumbest thing you could have done. And so my mom, I hear her feet just start stomping across the, the, uh, the, the, the living room, into the hallway, into the kitchen, and open the pantry. And what sits in the pantry as a fear weapon for, for her my, my dad was a wooden cutting board. And it just sat there waiting to be used. And Chad pushed her to the point where it was time to get used on his butt. And she came back and I heard her smack his butt with that wooden cutting board. And he let out this noise where I thought for sure he died. And I, I just wanna say that was the last time we ever used that cutting board because she broke it over his butt. It was awesome. It was so cool. But that was probably the last spanking Chad ever got because he learned at that point, you, you respect my mom. That's how we understand our mom is by, by respecting her. And just so you know, he turned out okay too. He's a Marine now and it's all good. All three of us boys turned out semi-okay in life. Uh, But all of this happened because Chad just did not understand my mom. He didn't listen to her. He didn't seek out how to honor her and respect her. And because he didn't understand her, it led to some bad stuff happening. Did you guys ever feel like someone just doesn't understand you? Or maybe you were talking to somebody else and you just didn't understand them. You didn't understand what they were saying, what they were asking for. You didn't understand their personality in general. I'm sure we all have. In my almost 30 years of life, and I say almost because I have one month left in my 20s. I'm going to enjoy it. But almost 30 years in life, I have learned that a lot of our problems with each other are simply because we just simply don't understand each other. We don't listen to each other. We don't seek to understand because we don't understand each other's needs. We don't understand each other's actions. We don't understand each other's backgrounds, our beliefs. And that leads to a lot of hurt. The problem of not understanding each other leads to broken marriages it leads to difficult relationships between parent and children, tension between coworkers, disrespect uh, for someone else because they have a different political or religious belief. it leads to a lot of hurt. And the reason this happens is because I think we tend to focus more on ourselves and our own thoughts, opinions and desires, rather than seeking to understand the person we're interacting with. Proverbs 18:12 says this: "Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight and airing their own opinions. The reason we struggle to say I understand to someone is because we aren't willing to listen to them. We're too busy with our own stuff which leads to tension and struggle and we're just not very good at listening in our culture today. Now let me be clear, when I say this idea of saying I understand, I don't mean that we're fully going to empathize with everything the person is going through when we're talking through them. But what I mean when we say I understand, it means we're trying to. It means we're looking for clarity, we're looking for ways to understand what they're going through, we're trying to put them ourselves into their shoes. But so often we can't really say I understand because we're not listening enough, and one of those reasons is because we're distracted. Real quick, how many of you guys have one of these things? A cell phone, right? Most of you, actually in our population in America, 90% of people have have a cell phone and two thirds of people have a smartphone. Now I love technology, it's awesome, but it's also led us to be a very distracted culture. In our country. We are distracted, which means we don't listen very well. And I call these people the iPhoneers, and they look something like this.
1: Come on, Uncle Drew. She's your sister. You can talk to her. Mom just keeps want she won't stop treating me like a kid. I can drive. She wouldn't even have to take me to work. Uh-huh. She actually called me immature the other day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, not you. Uh, something Mike just texted me. It's, uh, it's all, just, just give me one second, okay? Uh, hey man, uh, can't talk right now. Talking with my niece. She can't drive. Mom cramping her style. Tragic situation. <laughs> auto correct. It said mm-hmm. instead of niece, it auto corrected the fiend. Uh, it was kind of weird. Uh, to fix it. Uh, okay, niece, not fiend. Okay, fixed it. Auto correct fail. Send. Good. All right, cool. What's up?
1: So what should I do?
0: Uh, uh, oh, hang on, hang on. It's Mike again. Uh, he actually said, good luck, which is uh, kind of nice. He doesn't oh, even know you, sweet. and he's like trying to help you out. That's cool. Um, and you know what you should do? You should email me this whole ordeal really quick and send to me, and I'll send you a link to my blog because I wrote about something like this a while ago. I think it will really help you. So why don't you just email me that, okay?
1: Are you talking to me?
0: Who else would I be talking to? And so we have these Iphoners, we're distracted by technology. And let me just, real quick, is that familiar to anybody in this room? Yeah, I'm guilty of it too. I get distracted by technology. Uh, And because of that, I don't listen. And I don't really get what the other person is saying. And the results is that we don't understand each other because Iphoners do not understand. They're not understanders because we're distracted. We also don't understand each other because we like fixing problems. I call these the problem solvers. Before the other person is done saying their situation, we're already thinking through steps one, two, and three of how to fix their problem. And they look something like this. Hey, Reggie, you're looking like fit. You lose some weight for the holidays and stuff like that? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, um, I have someone, um, we'll just say she's my sister. Uh, uh, She's kind of struggling with the same thing, kind of losing some weight. Oh, oh, I totally uh, get it. Oh my gosh,
2: I'm um, I'm there. I hear you. It's not easy. Let me tell you. I I know what you mean. I know exactly. I'm trying
0: to say that. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, seriously. Oh, has she tried vitamins?
0: Vitamins. Seriously,
2: changed my Life. I like, mean, when like you the Flintstone my, things. Oh no, 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 no! I'm talking like you know when you get over like say thirty five or so. Thirty five. I'm you know, twenty. I mean, my sister's only twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, my metabolism, you know, just so you're okay. supposed to add in things like yeah. you know green tea extract and and cranberry. Cranberries really Cran- good. It just okay. it's gonna take that metabolism. Like Thanksgiving you know, cranberries. Well, well, like once you're at, past that, you know, that certain age and stuff, and so me, so, I mean, my yeah, sister. Your sister. So when you go into those supplement aisles and the nutrition stores and uh, great way to go, great way to go. So she has to change um, her life. Absolutely. It was great.
0: So. It's a vitamin. Oh, I mean, it's oh, oh, sound, oh, oh, and
2: not just that. I mean, exercise. There's more. There, you exercise. Here, hold this. So there's this thing. It's like pre-exercise. Jay Cutler uses this, right? And so, you know, it's <laughs> what, just huh? you got to You got to do the exercise. I, I, mean, I so do The exercise. The, uh, the vitamin. Absolutely. but you know, Jay, Jay Cutler's Jay thing. Yeah. Jay Cutler. Really yeah. Great. And, uh, and I devil, don't want to do
0: anything Jay Cutler does. Oh, what? And kale. kale. Kale.
2: Kale. Kale. It's all the rage.
0: Kale's all okay. So we have these problem solvers in our lives that they want to fix the situation before they even understand what the real problem is. It's what they do. And when we we focus more about problem solving, we don't really spend time listening. Guys, we're really guilty of this. Has your spouse ever said to you, honey, I don't need you to fix this. I just want you to listen to me. Admit it. A bunch of us guys have been in that spot. And it's a very humbling thing to hear when our spouse has to tell us, don't fix it. Just listen to us because problem solvers aren't understanders either. And then there's the people that kind of combine these two things. They're the people who are on social media and they're making these comments and posts that are trying to help others, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I call these people the social media socialites and they look something like this.
2: I don't usually share things like this, but I'm reaching out because I really need your help, guys. Many of you know what we've been through with Dean. He had more tests a couple days ago and the results came in today, they're not good. We've been down this road before but I'm just so exhausted, we all are. I can't imagine Dean has the energy for this again and I know I will find it hard to stay strong and most importantly positive as we begin the next phase of this struggle. I really don't know what to do. Don't
1: worry. God is going to use this for good. Sending prayers. Prayer, praying hands emoji, send.
0: Oh, man, poor Dean. I uh, can't believe, like, no, not, not like, unlike, unlike, unlike. <sighs> I thought Facebook was going to do that dislike button by now. What's everybody else saying? Uh, sending prayers, okay, I can like that. What should I say? What should I say? What should I say? Oh, what was that meme I saw the other day? It had like puppies or flowers or open fields on it or something with some awesome Jesus saying. Oh, yeah, it was on uh, Mark and Emily's page after her, her dad passed away. Oh, there it is, there it is. Okay, so share, tag, and send. Oh, yeah, this is going to make a difference. Bam.
2: If God brings you to it, he will bring you through it.
0: So we have these social media social lights where we see things, we read things, and we respond with these quick answers. Sometimes there's these cheesy Christianese responses. but I don't think that's actually what people are looking for when they're pouring their hearts out. They're not looking for easy solutions, easy answers. They want to be understood. As an experiment this past week, I took a look at my social media timeline on Facebook and Twitter and things like that just to see what people were putting out there. And after I got through a bunch of stupid posts about red cups, I came across some real things. And they said things like this. One person said, Going through another box, and I actually pulled out a box of my dad's things that I can't ever let go of. I miss you so much today. Another person posted, kind of cryptically, things used to be so good. Or another, a mom posted a picture of her incarcerated son with the simply just posting, I miss you today. And with Veterans Day this past week, there's tons of comments and posts about loss of loved ones and, and people overseas. And, and it was just, you can just feel the heartbreak and the tension with people. And I just want to say, if you or a loved one have served in our military, thank you for that. I have two Marine brothers, and I'm so honored that they uh, choose to serve me and our country in that way. But this is what we see But when so often we're 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 responding with quick sayings and we're just using the social media thing to not really connect and understand, but to do quick responses, I don't think we're helping. Now let me be clear. I'm not trying to pick on anybody here today because we're all guilty of this. But what if I sat down with those people? What if they sat across from me, the mom whose son's in jail, and I just said to her, hey, you know what you just need to do? You just need to let go and let God. That wouldn't be very smart. Or don't worry, things will get better. Or God will never give you more than you can handle, which is a lie and never in scripture, but we like to quote it. And I just left it at that. If I said those things, do you think I'd be really loving them or trying to understand them or really being a pastor at all? No. And if that's not good for me to do that person to person, why would we do something like that simply through social media? So let's slow down and just throwing things out there in the social media world too. Now I'm all for social media, but social media socialites are not understanders either. And then you have the people who just take everyone else's problem and makes it about themselves. No matter what the situation, they can take your problem and flip it around. And all of a sudden, you're trying to help them with their problem. They talk about themselves and their own problems, and they completely miss the opportunity to understand. And I call these people the selfish saboteurs, and they look something like this.
3: What's man? Hey. uh, How's your sermon going?
0: I think it's all right. I mean, I've got some laughs. I think they enjoyed the whole, like, cutting board breaking over my brother's butt because everybody loves a good beatdown story. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's
3: okay. I heard a baby crying.
0: Yeah, I've made one baby cry, but, you know, I, I, it's tough. And I, I think a couple of people were sleeping, but I'm trying here. I'm all trying.
3: Right, all right. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Okay. Um, well, first, I got announcements later. Okay. And so, like, if you start to lose them now, it's going to be really hard for me later to try to get them back. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. and, and you know, like, I got RG5, and there's yeah. this big quota thing, and Ben's yeah. really, meet your quota. Yeah, yeah. And so, just, <laughs> you know, so the sermon. I'm trying, man.
0: I'm trying to keep them engaged. I'm giving it a the shot. Yeah. So,
3: well, here, how about this? Um okay. remember that one time, like, I,
0: I came up here and there was, like, a fly?
3: Yeah. Landed on my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I was, fru- I was frustrated. I was like, yeah there was a fly on my head how to yeah. preach. Yeah. And I hit it off and I made a joke and everyone laughed. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's just you gotta pull through, man. Like that's what Jesus expects. Just get through it, make lemons out of lemonade.
0: Do you even understand what I'm talking about?
3: <laughs> yeah, I understand. Like I care about your sermon. I care about my quota. RG five. After service. We'll see you there. If you're new, it's awesome. It'll be a lot of fun.
0: I'll be right back. <laughs> so yeah, we, so we have these selfish saboteurs that just take our problems and flip them upside down. And all of a sudden, our, our problems are their problems. And they've completely missed the point of trying to understand. Selfish saboteurs are not understanders. Now, in all of these situations, we all know someone or have been guilty of ourselves committing one of these understanding Crimes. And all of these, we miss the opportunity to truly understand the person we're talking to, and then in return, truly be able to help them and encourage them along the way. So, if these are all the wrong things to do, what's the right way to do it? Well, I think for us to understand that, we should look at the greatest understander that this planet has ever seen, and that's Jesus. In Mark 10 46 through 40, 52, um, we come across this story where i think we can see what it means and looks like to be an understander it starts off with this it said then they came to jericho as jesus and his disciples uh, as jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city a blind man Bartimaeus, which means son of timaeus was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard that it was jesus of nazareth he began to shout jesus son of david have mercy on me And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see Go, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And so Jesus is leaving the city of Jericho and there's this large crowd around him. And Jesus is so popular at this point. I can just imagine how big this crowd was. They are just following him and just flocking all around and probably asking him questions and begging him for miracles and just pestering him about every little thing and he's giving them his attention. And in the midst of this chaos, this blind man named Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is walking by and he starts yelling, Jesus, Jesus, hey stop man, I want to talk to you really quick. And it would have been so easy for Jesus to simply just kind of brush this guy aside or ignore him or just say, hey, man, a lot of people have worse problems than your blindness. Can you just like not bother me right now? Or he could have said like, hey, buddy, let go and let God. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus actually called him over in the midst of this chaos, this crowd, he has Bartimaeus be brought over and he gives him his full attention. He's focused on Bartimaeus and gives him his full attention when everyone else is is, is demanding it. And then he starts asking him questions. He asks the question, what do you want me to do for you? Um, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I probably figured that Bartimaeus wants to see, finally. He's been blind for who knows how long. But Jesus just didn't assume the situation. He wanted to understand the situation. So he asked him a question. And he sought to understand this man. And when his request was something that Jesus could help with, he healed him and Bartimaeus could see. And this is how Jesus lived. This is who this man was. He was an understander. When he could say to someone, I understand, it gave him the credibility and the opportunity to make a difference. And that's the power of being able to say, I understand. Understanding gives us the credibility and the opportunity to make a difference. difference. But in order to be able to say, I understand, we have to do a few things just like Jesus did. The first thing if you're following along in your notes is this, understanders are all there. Get rid of distractions, silence your cell phones, turn off your cell phones. I promise you they'll turn back on and still work and the world will keep spinning while they're off. It's crazy. I promise you it'll happen. But to be an understander, we have to be all there. That's what Jesus did. Even in the midst of this huge chaotic crowd, all of his attention was on Bartimaeus. All of it. When you are all there, you show the person that you are focused on them, that you care for them, that you love them, that you are seeking to understand them. That'll then allow them to be more free to open up for you to truly understand them. Being all there is huge in us becoming understanders. And then understanders ask questions. In order for us to make sure that we don't just interrupt and make it all about ourselves or problem solve, we need to ask questions. Even if the answer is so clear, we still ask questions. It shows that we're seeking clarity. It shows that we want to know more and desire to understand them. Proverbs 18.15 says this, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. Jesus asked questions. He did it all the time. He asked his apostles why they were afraid during the storm. He asked Peter why he doubted when he was walking on water. He asked who. He asked what. He asked why. All the time he asked questions because asking questions helps us become an understander. Understanders, listen. After you ask questions, listen. Don't seek to give answers or problem solve. Listen to them. You're going to hear their hearts, their struggles, their desires, their needs. The more you listen, the more you understand. James 1:19 says, be slow, quick to listen, slow to speak. After Jesus asked questions, he listened. This helped him understand who he was, who, who was talking to him. So be all there, ask questions, because when we listen, we, li- we listen to understand, not to simply respond. And finally, if there is a need, do everything you can to meet it. Once you start practicing this, you'll start hearing if there are needs. If there are needs, we should do anything we can to meet that need. Bartimaeus wanted to see. Jesus was the one who can make him see. So Jesus met that need. He gave him his sight. Some people have needs, and God has called us to meet those needs. And so we should do that. But just know that sometimes there's not a need to be met. Sometimes we are just called to listen, to ask questions, and seek to understand and there may be nothing for us to do on the other side of that, but it shows that we love, that we care, that we're trying to understand the other person. This is what understanders do. And this is what it looks like.
1: Uncle Drew, I mean, Mom just won't stop treating me like a kid. I can drive. She wouldn't even have to take me to work.
0: Oh, man, I'm really sorry to hear that. That kind of stinks.
1: Isn't your phone buzzing?
0: Uh, it's not a big deal. Let's not worry about it. So, uh, but what are you going to do with this situation?
1: I don't know. That's
0: the problem. I understand. Hey, Reggie. Good to see you. Looks like you're getting yeah. yeah. Looks like you're getting fit for the holidays. Doing well with that, yeah. So, uh, real quick, um, I have this friend. um, We'll just say she's my sister, okay? Um, But same thing. Like trying to like lose some weight, keep it off. Holidays are tough. Uh, It's just a really tough situation. It
2: is tough. I
0: can do? Um, maybe you can just let me, I mean, my sister just vent a little bit about the situation. and Maybe we can help in that situation at all. I don't know.
2: Yeah, so. I understand. <laughs> yeah. So. I just don't know if I'm strong enough or positive enough to do, go through the next phase of this struggle. I really don't know what to do.
1: Aunt Deb, I'm so sorry for you. I understand you're going through a tough time again. Is there anything you need? I can babysit. My mom can drive places. Or she said she could bring meals. She says to just let us know. Uh,
2: Hello?
0: Hey, I just uh, saw your message about Dean. Uh, Do you need to talk?
3: man. Hey, dude. How's your uh, sermon going?
0: Oh, pretty good. You know, typical weekend, you know, stories of kids getting beat, talking about Jesus, you know, typical River Glen weekend.
3: Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, baby crying. That's
0: just normal at this point, I feel like. so. Right. But
3: we're trying, we're trying to engage them, yeah. and I, I think it's going okay. What do, you, what do you want them to walk out of here with?
0: Man, um, I think to be honest, man, I think I would want them to know that there are people in our lives who are dying to be heard. That there are family members, there are coworkers, there are kids, there are people in our small group that want to be understood what they're going through. And they're not looking for us to solve their problems or interrupt them or they want our full attention. They just want to be understood and I want them to know that. But more importantly, I want them to know that practical side of it, but I think I want them to know that before we can ever understand other people, we should understand that God understands us. That Jesus understood that we were broken, that we were sinful, that we are hurt, that we have needs and desires. And once he understands them, I think I want them to know that Jesus does understand. And he asks questions and he seeks to know who we are so we can then know him. So we can know the peace that he can only bring.
3: I get that. I understand that.
0: The truth is, church, there are people in our lives who are dying to be understood we don't understand them and we're too focused on our technology. Or we're too focused on fixing the problems. Or we're focused on sending meaningless comments. You see, our people need to hear. Our friends, our family, our loved ones need to know that we're all there. They need to hear us ask questions that how we can clarify what they're talking about. They need us to listen And then if there is a need to be met, we can meet that need. Saying I understand can be one of the most powerful things you'll ever have in your relationships. For every one of us in this room today, maybe there's a step for you to take. It doesn't matter if you're a Christ follower or not. This is something you can start putting the practice in your life. It's going to help all of us. For some of you in this room though, maybe your step is to not try to understand someone but maybe you need to be understood maybe you're going through a struggle right now the holidays are coming up and that's a difficult time for some people and maybe you're going through a difficult chapter in life or maybe you're trying to heal from something or maybe you just want somebody to listen to you maybe you just need to be understood if that's you i want to give you a really cool invitation after service just outside these doors at the Resource Center, there's going to be some Stevens ministers there. And Stevens ministers are trained and equipped to literally just walk alongside you with what you're dealing with in life. They're not there to fix anything or problem solve. They're here to listen, to love, to understand. And maybe that's you. If you need to talk to somebody, please stop by the Resource Center afterwards. Or maybe there's some of you, you need to put this idea of understanding in the practice. Maybe you need to get involved with a ministry. Maybe you need to join a small group. You know, we have these small groups that are launching at the the beginning of every series called uh, Short-Term Groups where they meet on Thursday evenings and we're talking about literally what we're talking about on the weekends. And they're led by one of our staff members and it's a great chance for you to get around other people to practice this thing called understanding. You can still join that group that meets on Thursday nights uh, each week. Or maybe you need to join a different ministry like Kid Life or Edge or Slife. We have kids and teenagers in this church in our community who are dying to be understood. Because so often our world just kind of brushes them aside because they have nothing to say. That's not true. They do need other people to come alongside them to understand what they're going through. When we do this, the people around us, the people in our lives and our community will start seeing That we are a church that listens, that we are a church that understands, that we are a church that goes to help people when we can. And that is what makes more and better followers of Jesus to continue to be a reality. And the reason this can happen is because Jesus first did that for us. God gave us his full attention when he sent himself in the form of his son Jesus to this earth. He asked questions, he listened, he saw that there was a major need and that we were separated from him. Our sin broke that relationship, but Jesus paid it the cost by giving up his life for you and me on the cross. Jesus understands you. Everything you're going through, he understands you. Exactly where you are right now. And each week we celebrate that fact that he understands us through the cross and his saving of us through that, through communion. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we invite you to partake in this time as we worship him in this moment where he understood us so much that he died for us. So after I pray, the bread and the juice will be passed and you are invited to partake in that time at church. Let's be understanders. Because I promise you it will be one of the best things that happens to you in your relationship with others and your relationship with God. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for today. And God, in the midst of tragedy overseas, there's hope here, there's hope there. But that hope is only found through you because you understand us and you understand our needs and our hurt and our brokenness. And God, most importantly, you understand that the one thing we all need in this world is you. Above everything else. God, help us to understand that. And God, help us to seek to understand others. Help us to be there, to listen, to ask questions, and to meet needs when we can. God, help us to become the people you want us to be. And you're going to be Amen.